Hey everyone, and welcome back to Contractor Evolution. This is Benji. Google local service ads are a new-ish feature from Google that not enough business owners are taking advantage of. Search ads have become insanely expensive as the algorithm has begun catering to the highest bidders. And you, you can't really blame Google for that. Google local service ads, or LSAs for short, are Google's answer for the small business owner who simply can't compete, at least on the pay-per-click front, with national brands or massive lead aggregators. While you're not gonna scale your entire business on this one lead source, they're a super easy to deploy marketing channel that more or less acts as an extension of your Google business profile. Leads that convert at around a 50% close rate and for 20 to 50 bucks a pop sound like a pretty good deal to me. And this can be easily layered on top of pretty much any marketing strategy you've got going. Austin Hauser is our guest on the show today. He's gonna walk us through it. He's the owner of Basecoat Marketing, an in-house digital marketing firm for painters. Uh, if you're not a painter, don't worry. LSAs still apply to you. Now, Austin's been doing digital marketing since 08 and he and his team of 25 in-house employees, that's important, he doesn't farm any of this out, have become known for delivering exceptional results. Today, we talk about why lead aggregators kind of suck and how Google local service ads can be your antidote for effective lead gen online. And Austin also gives us a super detailed walkthrough of how to get started with LSAs and a whole bundle of best practices to help you optimize them over time. There's also a detailed written SOP that Austin's been kind enough to share with us. That'll be linked in the description. Without further ado, let's dive in with Austin Hauser. You're listening to Contractor Evolution, where we unpack the systems, tactics, and skills you need to take your fast-growing contracting business to the next level. If you're here to learn what it takes to scale up, work less, and increase profitability, you've come to the right place. Stay tuned to learn what separates the new breed of contractor from the old school, and welcome to your ultimate guide on the business of contracting. Austin, it's good to see you, my dude. Welcome to the show. Benji, thanks for having me here today, man. I want to start with this question that we kind of bumped into when we were on the phone the other day that I've always like wondered about. And then as we were talking through stuff, you seemed like maybe the right person to ask this. Um, big scaled out lead aggregators like Angie's or Home Advisor or Homestars here in Canada. There's a litany of others. Do, if we're just calling a spade a spade, they do kind of suck, right? There's a lot of complaints around quality, reliability, accuracy uh, of the lead that gets purchased from this aggregator. And I just thought it's like an, an interesting point to hit it here, hit here at the beginning. Why is that? Can you maybe explain some of the technical reasons that would that would uh, that would clarify why maybe the the quality there is not as good as other sources, and and why there's kind of the complaints about it that follow? All right. So any of these aggregator sites, right? They all get their leads from Google, right? They're out there advertising on Google. They're pushing those leads directly out of the search results and then reselling them to you. So whatever you could have grabbed that lead for on Google they're going to sell that same lead to you for 75, 100, $120 a lead. And they're also going to sell that same lead to all of your direct competitors. Now, in some markets, they might say three to five competitors. Some of them are doing 10. But you can get that same exact lead on Google directly as an exclusive lead instead. I don't know. To me, that sounds like a more practical way to spend my money. And when you say you can get that as an exclusive lead, is that kind of a segue into these Google local service ads? Yeah. So this is, this is a really interesting topic. And I feel like I've been 
screaming from the mountaintops for everybody to get on this advertising channel since I would say about this time last year. Mm-hmm. How come? Why are you screaming? Why are you so excited about it? Right. So with Google, all right, so just to kind of back up, I, my big philosophy whenever it comes to marketing is all based around only investing time into things that generate results. Mm-hmm. You know what doesn't generate results? Clicks and impressions. I hate whenever I hear somebody talk about, hey, I've had 1,500 likes on Facebook. Well, great, but you, can you deposit a like in the bank account? And, and the answer to that is no. So with local services ads on Google, they really kind of shake up the playing field. Instead of you paying for likes, impressions, click-throughs, you are paying for quotable leads. Right. And those leads are exclusive to your business. It's kind of a no-brainer. So uh, instead of pay-per-click, which people are familiar with, this is more like a pay-per-lead type system. Can you just maybe clarify, uh, you said you've been screaming about this since last year. This is a newer development in kind of like the Google eco uh, Google ecosystem, is it not? When did this come out? Why did it come out? Do you know anything about kind of the decision-making from the higher-ups at Google's as to why they've launched this new feature that you're making the case not enough people are using. Yeah. So this this is not anything new in per, per se. So when we look at when they actually launched this, I think it was 2014, 15-ish. So it's been around for, let's say, eight years. But it has been in beta. And the way that they set up these ad campaigns, and we'll go into the weeds here shortly, it has not been available for all channels, for all categories out there, or for all locations in the United States and Canada. So it's been something, a slow rollout for Google, and rightfully so. They have actually Google-guaranteed insurance-based lead um, quality that comes through on your end. So there's a lot of paperwork Google had to do to get these set up. Now that they have all this set up, as of last year, 2022, they made some major adjustments to their paid search algorithm. Mm. So rather than just focusing on those that want to pull in leads from, let's say, your painting company or your contracting company via the typical search ads, they're now favoring those larger budgets. And those larger budgets are part of those lead aggregators who are going to outbid you every time because they're willing to spend 10x what you're willing to spend on those same leads. Mm -hmm. So this, because they can make more money catering the algorithm towards the bigger spending, larger budget aggregates and aggregators and probably national brands, they've, is it too simplistic to say they've kind of come up with this offer for the smaller businesses who have been totally priced out of the, what has historically been called as maybe like a pay-per-click or Google search ad market? Bingo. Yeah. So basically what they're looking at it is it's a money play for Google. They identified, hey, instead of giving this guy $2 a click for this particular category and this term on Google, which it is a bidding structure, we're going to open it up and say, it doesn't matter how much you're willing to spend, we're going to give it to the highest bidder. And instead they're saying, okay, well, look, if you're a local service business, if you're serving the home service industry, we're going to put you in this category instead. It has a lot of pros. And it has some cons. And I think everybody needs to be aware of how that works, but it's all about buy-in. And there's so much opportunity out there, which is why I'm consistently yelling this from the mountaintop. 
Yeah, that's very interesting to me. This is sort of anecdotal, but I've had, I don't know, six or eight conversations this year, like since January with contractors and home service businesses who are like, who are literally like, dude, I got to get the fuck off of Google. My pay, like my pay-per-click budgets are through the roof. They're like eight times what they were this time two years ago. Like this is no longer viable. And they're having to do a real uh reality check with themselves a bit a bit of a, a bit of a moment where they're totally kind of analyzing their entire marketing uh, strategy they're looking at the brand yeah. they're looking at the campaigns they're running they're actually looking at door to door again so there's it's sort of it's created a bit of a um uh, a bit of a litmus test for contractors and force them to really examine their systems and processes and what you just sort of elucidated there around what Google's trying to do uh, I think probably explains those six or eight conversations I've had. And I'm sure there's many more uh, that I've just not not had uh, with people because they're feeling this way. Um, can you, before we get into the rabbit hole of, of local service ads and this, this idea of Google guaranteed, can you just like broadly outline the difference between what is historically like a search ad and, and what is a Google local service ads? How, how are they different? Yeah. So very different. So when we're looking at Google search ads, you're paying for clicks. So you're paying every time somebody clicks on that ad, that has been how Google has made money since day one. Local service, and, and just to keep in mind, again, you, you're paying for clicks, that is not a result. They may land on a landing page, roughly 10 to 20% conversion rates, pretty good, but you're leaving 80 to 90% on the table. Right. So local services ads shakes that up. And they say, okay, instead of paying for clicks that doesn't generate phone calls, it doesn't generate leads directly, let's sell you leads directly. And the nice part about this is you can actually go on Google and they'll tell you exactly how much that lead's going to cost you ahead of time. It's very accurate. You can dispute all of the leads that don't fall in your service area or are calling about a service you don't offer. So it's called a quotable lead. So when we're looking at paying for clicks or paying for leads, I'm going to pay for leads every day. 100%. Me and that's too. really where local services ads comes into play. Where do they show up on search? Like for the Google browser who lives in Denver, let's just make up a city and they're looking for, you know, a, a landscaper, like, and they type in Denver landscaper, like where on the actual feed when that page kind of gets refreshed and Google's giving them some results, where does this Google guaranteed or this Google local service ad show up compared to uh, the organic results, the map pack and all the other things that come up? Yeah. So you're going to have the search bar and then local services ads. It's like it is the, first the very tippy top search results, right? Like it comes up above search ads and your map pack and your organic rankings. So you cannot get any more visibility than local services ads on Google search today. I mean, all this stuff is subject to change. You know, the, the powers that be at Google do kind of shift things around from year to year. But as we're recording this, that is as good as it gets where visibility is concerned. Would you agree? Yeah, it does not get any better than that. What are you seeing in terms of costs? Because now that we're not paying for we're not paying for clicks, we're paying for leads. The math's a little different, but I'm curious about the end result. I'm sure you can't put too fine a point on it because it varies from market to market. But on average, uh, just anecdotally, what are you seeing in terms of cost per lead for contractors that are deploying these effectively? It varies by market. And the way local services ads are built is by category. So what they do is they have categories and subcategories. And I'm sure we're going to be talking about this here shortly. But Let's, um, let's just take the painting industry as an example. So you're a professional, professional painter. 
We're going to list you under the handyman category. Why? Because there's painting subcategories for that category, but they don't have a primary category for that. So if you go on Google and type in Google local services ads, they're going to have a landing page for you there. You can go pick a category. You know, there's categories for flooring, for general contracting, for just about any other type of home service out there, plumbing, HVAC. And you're going to type in a zip code and it'll tell you exactly what the range cost per lead is, should be. Mm. For, for instance, for the painting industry, just as an example, it's between $20 and $50 a lead on average. If you try to get that kind of a lead, that quality of lead on Google search, you're paying at least double or triple that price right now. Yeah, twenty to fifty bucks is pretty reasonable. Like that's not that's not a hundred or two hundred. That's like absolutely in the conversation. Uh, yeah, so really affordable. Ed, do you, are you getting what kind of, what kind of uh, feedback have you heard about uh, the quality? Because that's that's always that is always the conversation. Yes, I have a name, a phone number, an email, an address, and I guess some expressed intent to buy. Sure, on paper those boxes are checked, but when I pick up the phone or I look at the house on Google map or heaven forbid, I waste my time and drive out there. I find out that this lead is not serious. They're a tire kicker. They're a renter. Uh, they, they have, they're, they're cooking meth in the background, like whatever, like, it, you know, it gets pretty bad when people start to complain about bad lead quality. What are, what are you hearing contractors say about the quality of these, uh, of these Google guaranteed ads or leads? Yeah, you know what I you know what I really fucking hate is whenever a marketing agency says, "Yeah, I can get your leads for five dollars a lead Psh. or hundred leads a month, guaranteed." Cool, that's that's nice, but how, what's the close ratio on that? Yeah. Right. So these are things that we actually keep track of, and we're looking at roughly fifty to sixty percent close ratio. That is lead to job from this ad channel, and because where does the buyer intent exist? It doesn't exist on social media. Yes, you can put friction on those ads and on your your um, posts out there. But at the end of the day, if somebody wants a plumber or an HVAC guy or a general contractor to show up at their house, they're going to go on Google, not social media. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that would explain the, the higher, um, the higher, the higher conversion there is there's really explicit and meaningful intent baked into the lead because not only not only have they searched the query they've pressed on yours they've filled out a form and then they've hit submit the 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 friction as you say is kind of built into the platform and for that reason these these leads are way higher quality and they convert way better yeah and you know even if you are in a market let's say where I don't know. You have um, some some guys who are calling you up that are outside of your service area or calling about a service you don't offer. So like, for instance, let me go back to that handyman category. We get some painting companies who get calls about installing a garbage disposal. Well, great. You have sacrificed maybe 20 seconds of your time to tell them that you don't offer that service. And then we dispute that lead and then we get that money back. You don't pay for that lead. It is a no brainer. If you ever invest in that channel, you just keep throwing money at it and it'll keep spitting leads out for you. Why is Google called it Google guaranteed? You mentioned they had to do a bunch of paperwork. And I think you mentioned they're, they actually are in some cases putting their stamp of approval on the contractor. Can you talk about the backing that Google gives it? Yeah. So when we talked about the slow rollout of local services ads, it's because Google has put so much energy into this. One of Google's big issues today, it's, it's kind of twofold. One, they're trying to fight AI content. That's a whole other SEO thing. But they're also trying to fight spam. 
And how many businesses have you heard of that go out there and create a Google business profile in five different areas around one city just to try to capture the whole local market? Right. Right. They don't actually have five locations. They're not McDonald's, but they're trying to capture the local market by creating multiple spam fake business profiles. And then they push a bunch of fake reviews over there. Google has identified that the best way to fight that is by doing what's called a Google guaranteed business profile. It's my understanding in the future, they're probably going to make everybody go through this process. In the meantime, they're reserving it for those who want to run LSAs. So what that looks like is you have to go through a background check. You have to get your business verified. The business name on your profile needs to match what's on the paperwork with the state. They actually do a pretty rigorous check for this. But that process allows you to unlock local services ads. Right. So if you ever see the green check mark on your business profile, that is directly tied to your local services ads. And does that mean that if the job goes sideways, the customer is super happy? Are there from, you know, there is the word guaranteed there. Are there ever moments where Google steps in and writes the customer a check or bails them out in some way? Right. Yeah. So, right. So they have an insurance policy essentially where if you fuck up their project, they will back that. I think it's up to $2,000. At least it's that way in the handyman category for painting contractors. That that number might vary depending on category. I don't, I don't have that exact number, but I know $2,000 is what they'll back just by you going out and quoting them. Mm. And that's, you know, it's a potential selling point. It's also a potential point of confliction, depending on, you know, who you're actually quoting. Uh, you know, you don't want them to necessarily take advantage of that, but it is something that Google backs. Yeah. Okay. So you are, it sounds like, uh, quite outspoken. Uh, you are, you are pro uh, LSAs. You are team Google LSAs. You mentioned earlier, there are some downsides or some caveats associated with them. What would a, what should a business owner be aware of before they kind of roll up their sleeves and dive in with this? Yeah. So this ad channel is not like search ads. We've already defined the difference between those two, but just to get a little more nuanced, Google search ads, you have a, a million different levers you can pull. You can target different terms, different service areas, different budgets, uh, different times of the day, different days of the week. On local services ads, you have a budget and a phone number. Right. That's essentially it. Like you are literally paying to have your ad out there. You can pick what category you're under. But that's it. You can't identify and say, hey, I want to spend more this month or I want to throttle up my ad spend. It doesn't work that way. So what you are tied to are a few things. You're tied to proximity. So where you want your ad to show up. You're tied to your category. So you can pick a category, but you can't pick what terms you want to bid on. And you're tied to a budget. But that budget may not get spent. So when we're looking at how many calls you might get, it's really dependent on how well your business profile is ranking. So your online reputation and how many people are actually searching in your area. So when we're talking about search volume, somebody in Texas, in Houston, Texas, is probably gonna get a lot more phone calls than somebody in the backwoods sticks of Louisiana. There's just more people there searching. The second part of that is the ranking factor, which I wanna dive into that yeah. because the reputation is becoming more and more of an issue so there. Say more about it. Okay, so when we're looking at phone calls, so we wanna get as many phone calls from this profile as possible. I'm a business owner, say I want 100 phone calls a week. You're not going to get that from local services ads unless you're in a very populated area. Reputation dictates amongst your competition how many phone calls you may get compared to them. So there's only three local services ad spots at the top of search results. 
but let's say there's a hundred competitors that want to advertise on that channel. There's only going to be the top 3% that actually show up there. Mm. And there's a few things that dictate how often and when you show up. Reputation is the number one ranking factor. Okay. So let me, okay. I, I just really want to uh, make this super clear because it's a very important point. There are, when somebody hits search for whatever in their local area, there are at this point, three spots that can be filled. There could be a hundred businesses trying for those spots. Now those hundred businesses will be listed, but they're a click or two away from that searcher. They're not on the first page. They're not in that, that, that line of three businesses. So they're still findable, but if you know anything about how traffic works on the internet, the chances of them getting found are orders of magnitude lower than the three that come up right when they hit search. And what you're saying is what makes it in the top three or in the bottom 97 is, is it a hundred percent dictated on online reputation? Like, is is that most of it? Are there other factors? There are other factors. And yeah, look, it's, it's very similar to if any, you guys know anything about search results. If you're not on page one, you might as well be on page 10. Right. It's like Ricky Bobby. If you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> so when we're looking at ranking factors, there's a number of ranking factors that a lot of people, even those listening who may be running local services ads have no idea about. So let's, let's talk about a few of those. Cause I think it's really important that people understand that answering the phone is the second most important ranking factor. So that's just a matter if your phone rings and that's somebody calling from your local services ad and that hits your voicemail, that is a ding against that ad account. Now, Google refactors their, their uh, ranking algorithm every quarter. So on the first of each quarter, we've already confirmed this with our rep at Google. On the first of each quarter, they go refactor all of that. So any of the, the pros, the cons that you've applied to that account during that quarter, will be calculated on the first, and then they roll that out over the course of a week or two. So picking up the phone, that is a massive ranking factor. Getting that online reputation, getting reviews on your business profile. Your business profile today, you have to have that to get your LSAs, push reviews there. It is also not about how many total reviews you have. It's also about how many reviews you get each quarter. Mm. So the cadence or the frequency. Recency, of this idea that they need to be frequent and often and up to date. Yep, correct. So the, um, yeah, so what we're looking at, what else you can do to help that profile rank? Adding images is a huge one. Uh, marking your business as the hours that your business is open. So Google will actually hide your LSAs when your business is closed. Mm. Why? Because they don't want people calling your voicemail. So it's really important that when you list your business hours on your business profile, that dictates when they're going to show your ad. They will pull it down after hours. So, and don't, don't be the guy that says you're open 24 seven, because if you get the phone call at 2 AM, again, that's going to count against you. Mm. Um, so online reputation, super critical, phone answering critical, any other factors that really dictate whether, what you know, uh, that dictate making it into the top three or not. So. There are, um, in terms of disputing and approving reviews, or I'm sorry, disputing and approving calls as well. Oh. So when we're looking at when a call comes in, Google gives you the tools to say that is an approved call that I booked that call versus a disputed call is a call that calls outside of your service area or for a service you don't offer, right? So it's important that you actually go feed the algorithm. 
Google's just one big algorithm. If you're not putting that feedback back into the machine, it's not going to know where to rank you. So you actually have to go in there, say that is a booked lead, that is a uh, disputed lead, and here's why. Google records every single call, so they, they know whether that was actually an approved lead or not. Now, when we're getting into disputing leads, I, I think we should dig down into this hole for a moment. Okay. There are certain things that you should and should not say on the phone. When we look at disputing leads, our company here has a 100% dispute ratio with Google. And that's because we train our clients on, on what to say during the call. If you refer a lead to somebody else, let's say that uh, somebody's calling outside of your service area and you're like, yeah, you know what? We don't serve that area, but if you want to give Joe a call over in uh, Kentucky, he can, he can take care of you. That is considered a referral and they will charge you for that lead. Hmm. If you take down their information, their name, address, phone number on the first part of that call, and then you say, oh, you know what? I'm sorry, we can't help you. That is going to be a lead that they're going to charge you for. What we are looking for here is to get what it what they are looking for during the first 20 seconds of the call. And then you say that, I'm sorry, we cannot help you. We do not service that area or we do not offer that service. Sorry, Austin. Mm -hmm. So I just I just want to um, make a point here. If, if you want to be successful with these and you want to have a high success rate with the disputes with Google, when, you, when you're saying, hey, Google, we paid for this. This actually isn't a lead. And you want to win in those conversations. It's kind of two things. This, the, the, the call taker needs to be trained on what to say and what questions to ask. And perhaps more importantly, what not to ask the client on that first, that, that prospective client, that lead on the first phone call. And then they also need to be pretty well trained on how they relay that information with Google when they talk to Google, because they're looking for a few a few indicators, a few, a few, they're trying to check a few boxes to say, actually, no, you do owe us for that lead. That's what you're saying here. Correct. Yeah. And the biggest issue that we see in this case is call centers. So when you have a call center, they are trained to get that information right up front and just hammer that lead. We highly recommend training your call center. If you're using a third party system, if you have an office manager, train them on what to say especially with those types of calls. Mm -hmm. Well, I just, I just had a really great call with this guy, uh, Zach Garside. You might have probably seen him around the space, Power Selling Pros. We talked a little bit about how to do, how to do really good call taker training. We talked about a lot of stuff. One of the, for one of the th things he said, which you just, you just echoed is customers don't want to be hammered with seven questions about their name, phone number, address, credit card number, social insurance number, date of birth. <laughs> the second they go, they want to complain about their broken thing. Like, man, just, you know, get to first base first and then we can get to second and then third. So anyway, uh, really good note there about training the call center. If someone were to, um, if someone wanted to get started here, can you maybe walk us through, uh, how a business owner would just begin getting these things live for their business? Yeah. So what you do, you go Google, Google local services ads. So type that into Google. They have a landing page. That is generally the first step to get started. If you go on Google and you have a business profile and you know how to get to that management section, jump over there. There's usually a get Google guaranteed button. Mm. Google's done a very bad job, in my opinion, of communicating what Google guaranteed actually means. Right. A lot of guys go through that process, they get their LSAs set up, and then they don't realize there's this whole advertising channel behind it. Right. So go get the LSA set up, tie that to your business profile, push reviews there. One thing we didn't actually discuss, though, is when you're setting up these LSAs, you have two different options to accept leads. You can do it over the phone or via message, via text message. Now, something that we, um, we actually learned from our Google rep is 
if you get a text message or a message-based lead from these ads, it is half the cost of a phone lead. Mm, okay. Problem though, is those leads are generally mostly spam. Right. So we tend to disable that feature entirely. Uh, pay, pay a little more, but get a higher quality. It's just simpler for the business owner. You're not- yeah, Your time is a commodity. Right. You got to take care of that. Okay. So disable the messages, check the box for calls. What about picking, you mentioned yeah, these are sort of organized by category. Uh, do you just go in and search for yours and select that one? You also mentioned subcategories. What, what can you say about that part of it? Yeah. So when you're going through the whole setup process, it's going to ask you to pick a category. And look, even if you don't see your category there, pick something that sounds similar to it. Like I said, we have to list our painting contractor clients under the, the category handyman because there's a paint indoors, paint outdoors subcategories. What that allows you to do is even if somebody calls you for uh, garbage disposal replacement, we can still go dispute that lead because they look at the subcategory, not the primary category. Got it. Google's going to change that in the future. They're going to open it up. It just takes buy-in. So the more people that do this with those subcategories, they'll eventually identify, hey, there's enough people that want to do that. Let's make a primary category for it. So you're going to go through that whole process. They're going to ask you a number of questions, depending on here in the States, depending on what state you're in, they may ask for business insurance. Uh, again, they have to match the business name to what's on your legal documentation. That is something that they actually go check. How the closely for. do they check? To the point where we had a company that was missing the ink and they went and flagged that. <laughs> okay. So they actually so, are checking. They're actually checking. Yeah. So you can do this, like very simple things, like go get a DBA with the state. They'll, they'll accept that. Okay. Okay. What else? Um, so yeah, you're going to go through, pick a category, type all your business information in. There are some nuances with the setup process that we highly recommend taking advantage of. One of which is they're going to ask you how many employees you have. And people generally say, oh, I got, you know, 10 employees, few contractors, whatever. Always put zero in there every single time. The reason is if you put anything more than zero, they're going to ask for a personal background check for every single employee that you have. Right. That's not practical because ultimately the only people that really matter are the business owner or those who are going to, who are going to quote. But the business owner is really the only person that we ever get verified. That's really the only person that matters in this case. So this must, so, so then unlike the business name thing where they're checking pretty thoroughly, this employee count is maybe not something they're checking super thoroughly because that seems, I mean, anyone can look at it, uh, you know, construction business and clearly see the people in the photos. There's 10, there's 10 people working here. There's 20 people working here. This is more of a, uh, this is more of a, I don't know, a formality or something that they're not, they're not analyzing or holding as much tension to Google. I think, I think it's Google's way of uh, having that insurance back policy because they do a personal background check on you. You Got will it. get a text message. You have to take a picture of your driver's license. It can take several weeks or in, in some cases, even a few months to get this up and running, but it's worth it. So, uh, okay. That's important. So they, they actually are, they're looking for proof of insurance. They want a driver's license. They want to make sure you say who you, who, who you say you are. And there's, uh, there actually, there is some level of quality control on their part to make sure this is a real business, not a fake business. What about service areas? I mean, do you just, do you just put, do you, is there a case to be made for expanding it as wide as you want, doing it quite small? I mean, is there, is there uh, a little bit of a, a craft or an edge or an advantage to, to getting the service area right that you select when you set these up? I mean, look, don't have a service area if you're not willing to go quote it, because every time you deny or dispute a lead that comes in, 
Google doesn't dock you for that, but if they see enough of it, if you're getting a high propensity of leads that need to be disputed due to service area, they're going to start flagging that account. Okay. So don't game the system. Treat this as a commodity that could potentially be a, a faucet you can turn on and off for your business. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, we prefer just not to game the system in that regard. Okay. Once they're up, are there some best practices, tips and tricks, things to do, things to avoid that you can maybe share with us that really helps optimize these over time? Yeah. So again, the big thing here is pushing reviews to that profile. We recommend getting a review on every single job site if you can. We train our clients to get at least one new review per week. By the end of the year, they're 50 plus reviews in. Because again, it's not about how many reviews you have total. It's about how many reviews you can get over the course of a year. Mm -hmm. um, the reviews are also where you get those reviews, the proximity of those reviews. Google geotags those. So don't go asking your friends and family if you live in Texas and they live in California, those California reviews are not going to count towards your total reputation online. So again, don't try to game the system here, guys. Google's getting smart. I was just about Answering to say phone. that. It seems like Google's gotten smart. I mean, obviously we know this, but 15 years ago, 10 years ago, I mean, maybe even five, there was all these hacky kind of gimmicky kind of like guerrilla tactical things that people did and worked. And it seems like they've got them all pretty much figured out at this point. You literally can't game the system. It's like a casino at this point. Yeah. And look, I mean, the term like search engine optimization, we don't even like using that term anymore. It is just about providing helpful, valuable content out there. That's really what Google's looking for. Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, where were we? You're talking, you're talking about um, best practices. Any, any other tips and tricks here to just make sure that these things are firing? We're in the top three. We're getting leads we like at a cost we can afford. Yep. So reputation, answering those calls, uploading images. It's important to understand that even though this is tied to your business profile and you can upload images over there, your, your customers can leave you a review with an image, which by the way is a ranking factor. Replying to reviews is a ranking factor. Keep that in mind. Um, but your business profile is separate from your LSAs on the image side. Got it. So if you upload an image to your business profile, you should upload that same image to your LSAs. Okay. So those are two separate entities, even though they're tied together and the reviews are tied together as well. What about budgets? What do you advise business owners to kind of start with as far as spend? Is this, I don't know, 50 bucks a day, a hundred bucks a day? I mean, that's that actually sounds kind of expensive for, for, a, for a smaller business. What's, what's a good maybe starting place that you can then scale from in terms of spend? So most of our clients, we just put at $10,000. Like I'm, I'm not even kidding. When, when we look at what they're willing to spend on this channel, knowing that we can dispute any of the unqualified leads. And the one thing I want to mention with that one point there is the disputes, you don't get a refund, you get credits for the following month. So it's really important that people understand that that doesn't go right back into your bank account. You're just getting credits for future calls. So what does that mean? That means you should dispute those leads every damn day, because if you don't, you're going to build up a stockpile of credits that you never can take advantage of. Mm -hmm. So what we like to do is the first month, we open it up wide open. And we obviously make sure that we're not overspending the account, but we're telling Google, hey, we're willing to spend as much as you're willing to throw at us because, again, there's no reason not to spend for results. You, you, when you say 10,000, so, is that you're setting the monthly budget at 10,000? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. You, give it, a high, you give it a high ceiling and you bank on Google not being able to spend all of it. Google will never spend all of that. Got the it. search volume, even in Manhattan or LA, we're still looking at maybe two or $3,000 a month at most. Huh. Okay. 
So you guys start high and then, and then what do you do? How do you dial it in from there with your clients? Yeah. So it looks like a waterfall where the first month or two, you're going to, you're going to spend a bit of money because we're disputing all those unqualified leads. And then month two, three, four, five, we're taking advantage of all of those credits that we built up. So that ad spend typically gets cut by a 10th or I'm sorry, cut, cut by nine tenths. So we go from, let's say a thousand dollars a month down to a hundred dollars a month because we built up all those credits. As long as you do those disputes and approvals on a daily basis, that ad credit system works out fantastic. Wow. Yeah. So these are these are basically a no-brainer. There is one detail here we should mention. These are like alive and functioning and firing in the US. They're about to be launched in Canada. We've seen them being tested in Toronto and Vancouver. Okay. I we don't have an exact time frame as to when they're going to be available yet. Whenever I talk about buy-in and me yelling from the mountaintops, it's because the more people that want to do this, the more likely Google is to open it up for everybody. So uh, these are these are going in this in the states. I, I was talking over you. Sorry, that was rude. And they, they're they're beta testing in Vancouver and Toronto. Is that what you said? Correct. Right. Right. So if you're a Canadian contractor listening to this, this is potentially a green pasture that's about to open up that you, I promise your competitors are going to be asleep at the wheel for. Uh, I would get I would get up to speed on this quickly. And if you're in the States already, uh, I, I, you know, li listening to Austin, I'm kind of sold on this whole this whole idea. And before we before we close out here, Austin, any closing thoughts on on this whole kind of framework, this tutorial you just gave us or or LSAs in general? Yeah. The one other thing that uh, when we're talking about availability, it's important to understand that Google does have one requirement for these ads, even in the States to begin showing them. And that requires three competitors on your category. Mm. So what that means is if you go search in Google, and I'm going to go back to the painting cat category here. Uh, if you go search for like painters in uh, Houston, Texas, and you don't see the LSA is showing up at the top of search results, that might mean that they are not available in your area yet. But what that means is there might be a guy or two who are willing to advertise in that area that are sitting in that queue. So another ranking factor that we did not touch on here is age of your profile. Mm. So how long has that profile been active for? Regardless of whether those ads are available in your area, even if you go on Google's landing page and type in your zip code, pick your category, and it says, I'm sorry, these ads aren't available, go get it set up anyways. Because as soon as there's three competitors, you might be the third and you'll show up for every single term in your search area for that category. Mm, really good point. Really good point. So even if they're not live yet in your location, they will be soon. And you'd be smart to preemptively go have it set up so that when they do give it the green light, you're kind of the first out of the gate. Bingo. Yeah. Dude, this has been awesome. Um, tell us just tell us a bit about base coat and where people can connect with you if they want to. Yeah. So my name is Austin. Uh, I run base coat marketing. We're a marketing agency exclusive to professional painting companies, residential, commercial painters, us and Canada. Uh, if you guys go to basecoatmarketing.com, you can go check out our work. Uh, we have a lot of awesome content on there, including an entire SOP for how to set up these ads. So if you are a painting contractor in particular, Go to basecoatmarketing.com slash LSA for local services ads. That'll drop you onto this exact SOP that we've talked about this entire podcast. We actually have another podcast on there that details me walking through that entire page as well. Uh, if you're not a painting contractor, there's still a lot of nuggets in there that should be able to help you out. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, feel free to give us a call. You can also go on that website and click schedule a call. 
be happy to chat. We're going to link that SOP in the description for you listeners to go and check out. Uh, I, I would highly recommend it. And, and uh, Austin does an unbelievable job with his written content. We were just joking around uh, offline before we got on here. There are a lot of bad blogs out there. Uh, Austin's is not one of it. They're short, they're condensed, they're extremely concise, they're value-packed. So uh, it'd be a really great resource if, if you want to get going on Google LSAs or anything else in the digital marketing SEO kind of uh, sphere. And it's a big one. So Austin, thank you for being here today, man. Really appreciate the walkthrough of this. Uh, pumped to have you. Let's do it again soon. Let's do it again, man. Thanks. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of Contractor Evolution. Uh, if you've already subscribed to our channel, consider sharing this episode with another contractor who you think needs to hear it. 